0: Welcome back to the Watch Dogs Park. My name is Drew. I am your host and I consider myself a watchdog. All right. I got a lot of comments about my last one saying that I went in kind of a rant. I did. I did. And my, uh, my own mother pointed out the fact that I said hate a whole bunch of times. I did. I needed people to understand how important it is not to teach your children to hate. Ah. I really, I want to just keep pounding that in people's heads. It's the single most important thing I think we can do to bring about peace, to bring about compromise, to bring about love and acceptance and understanding and real tolerance. So thank you very much for all those comments. I really do appreciate it. I know I did go a little uh, on a rant, but I wanted to because It is so important. No child, no child, no child, no child, no child is born with hate. No child is born with prejudice. They have to be taught that by their parents. So when you have so many kids now that are expressing hatred for Jews, we have such a huge uprising in anti-Semitism worldwide. Those kids and people that are protesting only learn this hatred from two sources. Well, three. Number one, their parents had to teach them to hate. Number two, social media has taught them to hate. And number three is the people they hang out with, their society, has taught them to hate. We have to stop teaching people to hate people. Honestly, we have to stop it. All right, in this episode, I'm going to talk about the United States Department of Indoctrination. Yes, that's right. We don't have education, as I've said in a couple of other podcasts, especially in the Ivy League schools. They are the worst schools, and they indoctrinate the most of any of the universities in our country and around the world, honestly. We're not teaching civics anymore. We're not teaching children to be independent thinkers. As a matter of fact, I'll tell you where the Department of Education, that's what the real title is, was started. Who started it and what was the real reason they started that department? I think you'll be amazed by that. Then we finally have the manifesto of the trans shooter that went to a Catholic school in Tennessee and killed. Six people, and him or herself. I don't know if it's a trans woman or a trans man. I don't know. They identify as one. They don't look like that, but whatever. Um, And I know now that the FBI kept this manifesto hidden for a reason. The motivations for this trans shooter are not what you think, and I think you'll be a little surprised. I'll read part of the transcript of this manifesto. We only have the first three pages. Uh, But it's very obvious what the motivation for these shootings were. And definitely the FBI and the left does not want you to know what this and I'll explain why I think they helped withheld this so long and didn't want this going to public. And then we now have video proof of the Bridgeport, Connecticut mayoral race. Was fraudulent. And there was one individual that was responsible for the majority of fake ballots and fraudulent activity. And we now have proof in Georgia that there was election fraud committed in 2020. Oh, weird, right? And I'm sure this will be banned everywhere because I'm going to actually talk about that. I I either get videos uh, banned on YouTube if I talk about the vaccines, or if I talk about voter fraud. Oh, no. Heaven forbid we know the truth about 2020. These three things, and perhaps others that I feel like talking about, on this episode, episode 59, everything will be just fine. Fine. Listen to episode 59. Uh, 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 uh. Okay. All right. So let's start off with the U.S. Department of Indoctrination. Do you know who created the U.S. Department of Education? None other than John D. Rockefeller. That's right. One of the world's first billionaires created the U.S. Department of Of education. And he created it not to educate, in the sense of the word, not to teach people to be independent thinkers and think for themselves. He created the Department of Education to educate workers. Period. He wanted people educated enough to be effective workers. That was the only reason why the Department of Education was created. Now, I believe that the whole department needs to be shut down. I really do. I think all funding needs to go away for the U.S. Department of Education. And I, need, I think it needs to be created from scratch, from the ground up, to be a system that teaches young kids how to be independent thinkers how to be innovators, how to be productive members of society. Right now in our education system, the graduates of our education system are not really becoming productive members of society. They're becoming productive protesters and little soldiers for the socialist agenda that's being pushed in our country. But You can get maybe one out of a hundred that knows anything about our government, knows that there's three branches of government, and no, they are not the Republican Party, the Democratic Party, and the Independent Party. No, that is not the three branches of government. And for those of you who don't know, the three branches of government are the executive, the legislative, and the judicial branch. In addition to civics no longer being taught in schools, schools are eliminating programs that would contribute to independent thinkers. Schools are eliminating art classes. They're eliminating home ec. They're eliminating auto shop. They're eliminating some PE. Some, some schools are eliminating PE because it's not fair. It's competition. Oh, no. And some P- schools are, are eliminating music classes, theater classes. Heaven forbid anyone learn how to be really creative in their thinking and and creative an uh, artist of some kind. That would be horrible to have people raised that way. No, no. We need dedicated, militant protesters. That's what we need. That's why we have millions and millions of pro-Palestinian protesters on all campuses all over our country, because these students have not been educated. They have been indoctrinated. When these kids, these students, these protesters are screaming things like Free Palestine and From the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. And also saying that Israel is committing genocide against Palestinians in Gaza Strip. They're showing me how incredibly ignorant they really are. You know, Golda Meir said it best. Actually, there's a couple of great quotes by Golda Meir. One thing that the palestinians need to understand is this is how israel feels about what's going on and in at the time when golda Meir said this they were they referred to as arabs but she basically said we can forgive the arabs for killing our children we cannot forgive them for forcing us to kill their children we will only have peace with the arabs when they love their children more than they hate us. Think about that quote for a second. Palestinian parents are teaching their children to hate Jews. They're teaching their children that Israel are the oppressors, that they're occupiers, that this land was always Palestine, and that the Jews stole it. And if you go back and read actual history, that's not true. But that's what they're teaching in schools. They're teaching that Israel is occupying Palestinian land. And as I said in a couple of episodes ago, talking about the history of the land of Israel, there never has been a land called Palestine. There was a short time when the land was renamed Palestine by Egypt as a way to insult the Jews. That's the only time that land was called Palestine, and it was when Egypt was in charge, and they named that land Palestine for a short time as a way to insult the Jews, whose land that has been since well over 3,000 years ago. Another really powerful thing Golda Meir said about the war with The Arabs at the time, but it's Palestine now. And that is, she said, and I quote, if the Arabs, or we'll say the Palestinians now, if the Palestinians lay down their weapons, we'll have peace. If Israel lays down their weapons, they will cease to exist. Think about how powerful that is. Who are the aggressors? You know, all those people out here with signs and placards and screaming and yelling, saying free Palestine, free Palestine, cease fire, cease fire, stop the innocent killing of Palestinian children, all of that, all of this would stop in an instant if Hamas would lay down the weapons and return the hostages. That's the end of this conflict, period. That would be the end. Of this conflict. But the reason why this conflict is still going on is Hamas is still refusing to turn over the hostages and also put down their weapons. And I guarantee you, 100% without any reservation whatsoever, if Israel stopped fighting right now and followed what the world is saying cease fire, Hamas would overrun Israel once again. Because Hamas has said it themselves. If you go back and listen to what they're saying, Hamas, the leader of Hamas said, we will commit October 7th over and over until all of the Jews are gone out of Israel. That is their goal, to wipe out Israel from that land. They don't want that land to belong to Israelites anymore. They want that land to be Palestinian land and wipe out the Jews. And yes, many of those chants from the river to the sea are calling for genocide. There are some people that are trying to cover it up saying, oh, no, no, we mean live in peace and harmony with the Jews. Well, do you know how you live in peace and harmony with the Jews? Go to Israel and see over 1 million, I think it's 1.2 or 1.4 million people living in Israel, are Palestinians, and they're living in peace. So those people that are protesting that Israel is committing genocide and are, are calling for a ceasefire, there is a way to end this war, and it is Palestine. There, it is their role to end it. Either the people in Palestine have to stand up and stop Hamas, Hezbollah, and the Houthis, I think they're called out of Yemen. So we have the Houthis, terrorists in Yemen. We have Hezbollah in Jordan and Syria. And we have Hamas from the Gaza Strip, all wanting to wipe away Israel and all wanting to commit genocide to do it. They're not calling for peaceful uh, coexistence. Miss, uh, what is your name, Rashida Tlaib, they're not calling for peaceful existence. They're They're calling for Israel to be wiped off the face of the earth. Remember, the United States is great Satan, and Israel is little saint. That is what Palestinian parents and Palestinian education system teaches their children and sadly that has become pervasive all through our education system that's why there are so many ignorant people coming out of our education system that think this is israel's problem that it's israel that caused this that israel are occupiers that israel are calling for genocide or committing genocide against palestinians this is 100% False, but don't worry. Those those teachers are teaching children that it's okay to be another sex, and, and their depression might really be that they're they're really another sex, and that God made a mistake and put them in the wrong bodies, and you know, and they can they can be whatever sex they want to. It doesn't matter when they were born. I mean, doctors just guessed that they might be a boy or a girl. It has nothing to do with the fact that you have a penis. Or a vagina, or oh, also, the medical profession is now trying to change the name of genitalia to be more gender neutral. I kid you not. Listen to this. This video comes from Instagram Reels, and it's from The Isabel Brown. I assume her name is Isabel Brown. So go to The Isabel Brown, I S A B E L Brown. And follow her because she puts out some really good videos. This one should let you know how absurd this really is. This is the U.S. Department of Pediatrics Board Certified Physicians. Listen to this
1: ruin your monday but last week the american academy of pediatrics gave a presentation encouraging doctors to change the name of genitalia to make things more gender inclusive for your young child instead of calling feminine or masculine genitalia according to their clinical medical names which might be important in a doctor's office they want to call your child's body parts innies or outies vaginas are now front Holes. I, I I wish I was making this up. Like, this feels like a South Park episode, but they actually want to change the name clinically of a clitoris to a dicklet.
0: Where's the
1: clitoris? Or your breasts become chesticles. I'm sorry, these are not chesticles. As if that wasn't absurd enough, they actually recommended presumably regardless of gender identity, that if any pediatrician has a patient who is menstruating, they recommend, considering hormonal contraception, aka birth control, for children to stop their period for period cessation and for non-pharmacologic treatment of gender dysphoria they recommend very safe minimal risk procedures like chest binding that has minimal side effects of rib or back pain or spinal deformity restricted breathing or even tucking which has just the slight minimal risk of infertility for your son these are the people treating, allegedly, your children. We we are a joke, America.
0: You know, honestly, it's no wonder children are so confused. Those that want to be politically correct, is what it used to be called, now woke, want to not offend anyone, no matter what, are changing definitions that made the most sense into definitions that nobody would understand. I mean, innies and outies. Okay, I'll go. That's fine. I understand that. But front hole for the vagina? What? And uh, chesticles for for breasts? I mean, this is honestly, like she said, it's honestly like a South Park episode. We are going into the comedy of the absurd. And it's all coming from the U.S. Department of of Indoctrination, which used to be called the U.S. Department of Education. All right, moving on. Goodness gracious, we need to. All right, (laughs) now we finally have at least the first three pages of the manifesto that was released by the shooter, the trans shooter in Tennessee that went into the Covenant School. She was a former student of this school, by the way, she went into the Covenant School and killed six people. And the media and the FBI kept this manifesto hidden for a long time. And now we know why. Number one, it shows that this trans shooter, and no, I will never say the name. I promise that, and I will, ne- I will always stick to that. And I wish the news organizations worldwide would do the same thing. Stop posting pictures of the, the, the assailants or shooters or murderers or whatever, and stop blasting their name all over social media because that's what they want. Most of these people are doing it for publicity. Most of these people are doing this for notoriety. Now, almost all of them have some form of mental illness. This person was uh, identified as trans. But that was not the motivation for the shooting. We now find in this person's manifesto that they were white haters. Yes, she was a white woman, but she hated white people and killed people because of their white privilege. Do you know the reason why the FBI doesn't want this released publicly? is because this is what they are teaching, and I'll go back to my previous comment really quickly about the education system. This is what they're teaching in our education system, that whites have privilege and that they should be shamed and ashamed of their white privilege and they should do everything to be anti-racist. And all of these ideas are coming out of our education system. See, I'm tying all of this back into the whole thing. This whole podcast is gonna be about that and it's all gonna tie back into that. This is very, very important because number one, this person planned this for months. She wrote in her diary uh, you know, weeks before this was gonna happen that she was really looking forward to this. And and then if you go to the three pages and this came from uh, Steven Crowder, by the way, Louder with Crowder, uh, he released these three pages. And one basically is on the day she was going to, he or she, I don't know, was going to commit these murderers. This is what they, I'll use in this context because I don't know if it's a man or a woman, uh, this is what they wrote that morning in their diary as a manifesto. Today is the day. The day has finally come. I can't believe it's here. Don't know how I was able to get this far, but here I am. I'm a little nervous, but excited too. Been excited for the last two weeks. There are several times when I could have been caught, especially back in the summer of 2021. None of that matters now. I'm almost an hour and seven minutes away. Counting down the minutes is what she's doing. She's counting down the minutes until she's going to commit murder. She goes on can't believe I'm doing this, but I'm ready. I hope my victims aren't. My only fear is if anything goes wrong, I'll do my best to prevent any sort of, I can't read that scratch out. And she says, this is actually a prayer asking for this. God, let my wrath take over my anxiety. It might be 10 minutes tops, maybe three or seven. It's going to go quick. I hope I have a death, high death count, ready to die. And then she signs it. That's just one page. Now, other pages, I'm going to really have to um, not say all the words on here because there's a whole lot of language. All right. So basically, and then another thing she says, kill those kids, those crackers. Now, for those of you who don't know crackers, crackers is a derogatory term African-American people use towards white people. So how is a white woman or white man identifying as a woman? Why are she calling other white people crackers? And she's going, she says, she goes on going to their private fancy schools with their fancy khakis and sports backpacks with their daddy's Mustang convertibles. The little whatever's (laughs) I wish to shoot you weak. Uh, I can't remember that, uh, with your mop yellow hair. I want to kill you all, all you little crackers, bunch of little, I can't say that with your white privileges, uh, F you faggots. I, that's all I'll say on that one. I, I had to, I, I, she said it like three times and I only said it once just so you will know what I was not saying. And then on the day of, she has the entire day planned minute by minute. Uh, get up 6.30 a.m., get dressed 7, 7.05 to 8.55, uh, play with stuffed animals and possessions. Oh, interesting. 9 a.m., eat breakfast. Uh, 9.30, pack up special belongings and backpacks. 9.50, test knife car glass breaker for dad's old cars. I don't know. 10 a.m., leave for the Royal Range. Uh, so she went, had to go practice shooting before she went and committed these murders. Uh, gear up, 1020, nine, nine, gear up, set guns in your trunk, final assembly, uh, make the final videotape, leave for Covenant School, arrive at Covenant. All these things she's got planned minute by minute. This was planned. This should have been discovered much earlier than it was. That is another thing that is happening all the time. The FBI is missing clues to these mass shooters. And these mass shooters are on the FBI's radar every single time. And the FBI is dropping the ball. I believe when someone goes on the FBI radar, they need to be monitored from then on to make sure they don't commit a crime like this. So now, like I said, we have the manifesto and it had nothing to do with being transgender. This was a racist, a white racist against white people. And where did they learn to be racist? In our education system. That's where. Where they're teaching critical race theory. Where young White boys and girls should be ashamed because they are oppressors. They don't have any say. Well, I heard one uh, woman of color that teaches in all kinds of universities. She basically said white people can't help it. It's in their DNA. They have to be oppressors. They have to be racist. They don't have a choice. This is what we're teaching our children. We're allowing people that have these insane beliefs to teach our young, impressionable children. The last thing in this manifesto is really disturbing. She basically planned her arrival, which parking space she was going to park in so she wouldn't be monitored, uh, prepare for the attack, 1209 to 1210. Uh, 12-something or other, I can't say, lock and load all weapons. And then 12:37, to be exact, open fire. And then a little side note at the very end that's circled and underlined, time to die. This person knew they were going to die, and they wanted that to happen. This person committed these crimes because they were taught to hate. I wish I could get this through everyone's heads. Stop teaching hate. (laughs) I know, Mom, I'm saying hate again. All right, so um, we need to stop this. We need to stop teaching this in our schools. And our schools are becoming indoctrination centers. They are not education centers anymore. I would highly recommend parents... If you can, homeschool your kids or do some major vetting on the colleges and universities you're going to send them to, even on the elementary and, and uh, high schools you're going to send them to. And yes, if you can afford it, pay for private schools that have your ideals and your values, that they will teach your children those same values. That is so important because our public education system is gone. There is no such thing as public education anymore. It is all indoctrination. And of course, that is my opinion. If you have a different opinion, or if you want to agree or disagree with anything I just said, don't hesitate to write me. Seriously, Drew, D-R-E-W, for those who don't know, at thewatchdogsbark.com. No apostrophe between, uh, you know, dogs the G and the S. So drew at the watchdogsbark.com. And I want it to be very, very clear because I I want anyone to feel free to write me and you can write me anything, absolutely anything. So I believe that we need to, again, and I'll say this and then I'll move on to the other topic. We need to discontinue the U S department of education that was created by A billionaire in the past that wanted to train workers. That was the only reason why he created the US Department of Education to train workers, not to teach people how to be independent thinkers and innovators. No. And that's sadly where we're at now. And not only have we gotten to the point where we're only training workers and we're not teaching people to be independent thinkers, but we're now telling them what to think and filling their minds with insanity. Yeah, one thing that you need to understand, okay, If transgenderism is real, all right? And if non-binary is real and all these things, and there really are hundreds of thousands of genders, you know that you can pick and you can identify and you could you can identify with whatever you feel that day. If this is true, explain to me why the entire universe—we'll just talk the planet, okay—why the entire population of the planet, every other species on the entire planet Earth, only has males and females, period. Every other species only has male and female, and for thousands of years— We have existed and thrived as males and females. But now, suddenly, over the last 8 to 10 years, I think maybe there's some instances before that, up to 20 years ago, of people spreading this insanity that males can be females and females can be males. And all you have to do is, you know, change your genitalia. Well, if that's true... What about all the male dogs that go to the veterinarian to have their uh, balls cut off so that they can't reproduce? Does that make them trans female dogs? Well, if, if not, why not? Because that's how anything like this would make sense. If it existed in other species, that would make sense. But these people that are spreading this insanity are saying only one species out of the millions of species on this earth have transgender and non-binary and can change their sex. It can't happen in any other species on the entire planet, but with Homo sapiens, with human beings, They're somehow completely made up differently. That gender is really a social construct, and you can really identify whatever you feel like. This all starts, like I said in my last podcast, it starts in the home. But it's also being reinforced and pounded into children's head in our public education system. And then, when those kids are indoctrinated heavily, they'll want to go to these Ivy League universities, which used to produce really good independent thinkers and innovators. Some of our eight presidents have come from Harvard, and five came from Yale. You know, we have world leaders that come from some, some of these Ivy League schools in the past. Now we have people in Silicon Valley that will not hire programmers from certain universities because they know they will be too woke. And they don't want that frustration in their workplace. And I don't blame them one bit. All right, before I go on, I wanna tell you about another great product that New Skin sells that I totally use and love. This is called Glacial Marine Mud. And this improves your skin's appearance by giving it basically rich minerals that are found at the base of glaciers. You know why some of the people in the Himalayas and, you know, that live close to glaciers, some of the um, Eskimos up north, why they live so long? Because their water has all of these minerals running off of these glaciers, minerals that are really important for your body minerals that are taken out of our drinking water today. And uh, some things are taken out that are bad, but they're also doing so much cleansing, they're taking out some of the good things in water too. So anyway, for your own skin though, this Glacial Marine Mud by Epic uh, is on New Skin. And I have it as a combination with my cell CellTrex Recovery Mask. Uh, you, you, you can buy these as a combo and it's really absolutely amazing. Uh, you put this on your skin, you know, like a mud. Uh, you make a thin layer, let it dry out so it turns to a kind of a light aquamarine and then wipe, wash it off with warm water and it'll leave your skin feeling fresh and revived. Try it and go to my website, twdbark.org. My new skin. Remember, new skin is N U S K I N. T W D Bark. My com. All right. Now we now have evidence of actual voter fraud in Bridgeport, Connecticut. A woman by the name of Wanda Jeter Pataki. Okay, and she works for the mayor of Bridgeport. She has been caught on video. Going to a certain drop box over 20 times, and one time she stuffed over 30 envelopes in that mailbox. Now, some people say, you know, ballot harvesting, okay. And she, but what she did basically is she went to uh, old folks' homes, she went to neighborhoods where she knew people, you know, weren't uh, paying really close attention, and they got their ballot, and she would help them fill out their ballot. She would help them so much that she would fill it out for them. I mean, how helpful is that? She would fill out the ballots for them. And they later discovered through watching the videos that she was stuffing ballots. They, they probably stuffed over hundreds of ballots between her and other people that she was not only instructing, but she was also intimidating people to vote a certain way. Now, this is the primary race for mayor of Bridgeport between Joe Gannam and John Gomez. And John Gomez has filed a lawsuit and calling for a redo of the primary because Wanda Jeter Pataki and her accomplices are seen on video stuffing ballots. And she wanted Gannam to win, Joe Ganim, and he did win by about 200-and-some-odd votes. Weird, huh? And they're seen stuffing hundreds of ballots. And every time that she sat on the witness chair and watched the video of herself stuffing ballots, she pled the fifth, or her lawyers pled the fifth for her. So my friends, we know without a shadow of a doubt now that election fraud happens. We know that people try and tip the scales by doing things illegally, just like Wanda Jeter did. As a matter of fact, in court, uh, William Bloss, the attorney for John Gomez, basically played a 19 minute video that was spliced together of all the times they visited the box. And I say they, it was uh, actually um, uh, Wanda Jeter Pataki and Anita Martinez. They both were seen on video stuffing the ballot boxes with numerous ballots, passing out ballots to people to fill out, and then walking them up to the ballot box and away from the ballot box after they voted. Uh, That's kind of think that sounds like voter intimidation also. So there were 24 separate video clips and both um, Pataki, or Jita Pataki and, what's her name, Martinez, Anita Martinez, both watched video of them committing these crimes. And then neither of them said anything because their lawyers told them to just plea the fifth. So we know that voter fraud exists. And now we have the same proof that voter fraud existed in the 2020 presidential election in Georgia. There is a woman In Fulton County, Georgia, and yes, that's where the uh, trial that Donald Trump's going to be going through is in Fulton County, Georgia. And Trump claims he's got a 100-page report that proves election fraud in Georgia. Well, there's a video that definitely proves someone was committing election fraud. I don't know her name, but there's a woman. She was dressed in yellow, and she is seen putting the same ballot in the counting machine over and over and over again. So how many ballots did she multiple scan for extra volts? We don't know, but we now know it happened. Just like we know that when the Georgia Dome claimed that there was a major water main break and they had to stop the counting for right now, and all of the poll watchers and Republicans left the Georgia Dome for their safety, I do an air quotes, that counting continued there in the Georgia Dome. And it shows them pulling a big suitcase out and opening up the suitcase and starting to feed those votes into machines. Well, why was that suitcase hidden? Huh? Why why did they have to pull that out after the poll watchers left the Georgia Dome? And by the way, this water main break was just a leaky toilet. That's literally all it was in the Georgia Dome. You know, it will probably be years from now when all of this comes out and by then it won't matter. And that's what they're counting on. That's what the left counts on. They count count on this 24-hour news cycle that is so rapid fire that news stories come out so rapidly that, I mean, right now, we're not even talking about Maui anymore. We're not even talking about Maui anymore. And the governor... Of Maui is actually, or or mayor of Maui. I don't know mayor or government, but he's actually trying to get tourism to come back to Maui now. What about the hundreds of students still missing? What about the hundreds of children still missing? Do we not care about them? You know, they stopped the counting of deaths at like 115. I think is 114, 115. There are hundreds of children missing, and these children either were picked up and this this wildfire was used as a front and these children were picked up and sent into child slavery or child sex trafficking or they're burned to cinders and they can't find anything to identify them with because they're literally incinerated. These poor children were home alone. They canceled school that day but parents still went off to work and no sirens went off to warn them of the fire. By the time one Part of their house was catching fire. It was too late for the children to escape and they burned alive. There are still hundreds of children that are unaccounted for, but the media has moved on and they're counting on all of this election fraud news to be disregarded in years. People like, oh, so what? Whatever, you know, whatever. Joe Biden won. That's just, you know, he's already been president. We can't go back and change it now. You know, oh, Trump is still, you know, Trump is still a Nazi. Oh, yeah. Trump is still Hitler incarnate, according to uh, Joy Behar in um, The View. <laughs> Why anyone watches The View, I will have, I have no idea. That is literally the panel of some of the dumbest women in the world. And just remember this. And this is before I, I send you off with my positive note. All of this is being done on purpose, and the reason why Donald Trump is facing 91 indictments and four separate court charges in four separate locations around the country is to prevent him from being president. That is the only reason why they are going after him this hard. They want to do anything possible to stop this man from being president. Why? Because he's uncovering the fraud. He's uncovering the evil going on in our government and also in in world leaders. He took us off of the corporate United States. We are no longer a corporation. We have been for many, many years, and that corporation works with the Central Bank, otherwise known as the Federal Reserve, and other entities worldwide to gain this control I'm talking about. There are people that want world governance. And Donald Trump represents the biggest obstacle because he knows about it and he's trying to expose it and make it obvious enough where the entire world will know how much fraud is being And how much evil is being committed in our government and in our institutions and in our corporations. That's why they're trying to stop Donald Trump from being president. And that's why they are giving the full court press to anyone that assisted him, especially in Georgia. We now have Sidney Powell and Jenna Ellis, both lawyers on the Trump team who have pled guilty to lesser crimes than they were originally charged with. And by the way, what is this with spelling pled, pleaded? Is that now a word, pleaded, guilty? It's pled. I know plead and pled are spelled the same, but you use the same word in different contexts. When you uh, plead guilty, then we talk about what you have pled, not pleaded, I don't understand why this happens in all of writing now. I read pleaded. So-and-so pleaded guilty. That's not even a word. It's pled, as far as I know. If anybody knows this for sure, write me. (laughs) True at thewatchdogsbark.com. Okay, I wanted to play one last thing as kind of a warning of what's to come. The World Economic Forum had a forum (laughs) recently where they talked about how they want to put a price on water now. For the common good, of course. Listen to this. We
2: need to put the economics of water, not only in terms of monetary values, but also in terms of governance, in terms of of recognizing water as a, as a commons that we now need to manage as a, as a broad systems approach. So that's why this commission is not only necessary, but but urgent to take this challenge on. You know, not only have we not focused on economics of water, when we have focused on water, we've only focused on drinking water, domestic water, and that is roughly 150 liters per person per day, which is what, what the wealthy are using. It's a, it's a review on the economics of water, and we will be looking at the value of water and considering different novel economic policy measures, which one may be, for example, putting some form of price on water in order to guide and and give incentives, but not as a prize to punish uh, those who are poor, but rather to reward those that are stewards of fresh water for the common good. So this is quite an exciting moment.
0: Yes, it's always exciting when those in power, like the World Economic Forum and the World Health Organization and the UN, when they discover ways that they can regulate the rest of us even more and put more restrictions and Charge us for more. They always get really excited about that. And of course, it's, almost, it's always for the common good. It is for the common good. So they're not going to punish the poor people for using water, but they're going to reward people that are good stewards. Good stewards, you know, like the people in California that actually uh, try to save rainwater and get punished for that. Yeah, those are good stewards. The ones that are redirecting water into underground irrigation to help the farmers are punished. You know, that's the people that are good stewards of water, the ones that are punishing those who are using water incorrectly. I mean, goodness gracious, there's only so much water on the earth. It's not like we have storms that replenish lakes and rivers and. Uh, water plants, and you know, it's not like that, the, that God created this planet to completely replenish itself with water constantly. No, no, we have to regulate how much water you're allowed to use. And as they, you find out in the last podcast, we have to have you eat bugs. I swear, this is getting insane. All right, as I always like to do, I want to end on a positive note. And this one comes from one of my absolute favorite actors in the entire world, uh, Robert Downey Jr. All the obstacles he's overcome have created who he really is today. Listen to how he describes what his life has been like with the dr- through the drug addiction and all of that.
1: Every day, the reset button, the space bar gets pressed and it's like, now what?
2: 30 years he has struggled with a dangerous drug addiction that nearly destroyed him and today he says he's clean he's in love and so by the time you're in prison that's not rock bottom for you
1: nope it's easy to embrace hopelessness when things seem insurmountable and yet it's actually just a matter of time until all of the elements come together for things to be all right i mean i I believe that you know Most difficult situations will resolve themselves if you are persistent and if you don't give up entirely. And that's what I never did. I never gave up.
2: Do you still get urges to do drugs?
1: I have not even an inkling of a desire. It's not that difficult to overcome these seemingly ghastly problems. What's hard
0: is to decide. The single most important thing he said in that was the very end. What's the single hardest thing is to decide. You know, I have many people. And uh, people that I've known in my life that have struggled with drug addiction. And uh, you really can't go through the recovery process until you decide you want to. And that is absolutely true. You know, I know many people that struggled with drug addiction for years and years and years and years because they they never decided they wanted to stop. And I also know other people, including myself, you know, that experimented with this and that. And then you just decide you're not going to do it anymore. And that's a powerful tool. Uh, This is a great interview with Joe Rogan, by the way. If you can get, you can watch the interview on the Joe Rogan experience with Robert Downey Jr., it's really enlightening. And he really kind of talks about his whole life as a manifestation of what he's always wanted. And it's really, really awesome. You should definitely listen to that uh, podcast with Joe Rogan. That's the one thing that's great about the Joe Rogan podcast is he just sits down and BS's with people. He just sits down and talks. And he talks with people from all walks of life, from all different beliefs. And they just talk. And sometimes they disagree on things. And that's okay. You know, that's honestly, seriously what I want to do with this podcast. I want to eventually have a studio with three or four mics. and One, two, three, or four of us all just talk about a topic coming from all different points of view so we can all try to understand each other because I think that's one of the most important things is the Heavenly Father or God or Allah or whatever you say created us with two ears and one mouth on purpose. We're supposed to listen more than we talk. That's how you learn. That's how you grow. Okay? That's how you gain tolerance and patience and all that. You hear opinions you disagree with, and you learn to accept them as their opinions. You learn to understand that you don't have to also adopt that opinion as your own, but you show them respect, and we talk civilly about things we disagree with. I, I, that's one thing I really dream about doing with this podcast. Because I love, absolutely love talking to people that disagree with me, if we can do it in a civil manner. Because I learn more, not only about what they believe, but what I believe. Sometimes I find limitations that I didn't know I had, or sometimes I find breakthroughs that I didn't know I, I wanted to know or wanted to accomplish. It's, it's just, that is to me is one of the saddest things about what's going on in the world. We don't talk to each other anymore. If someone disagrees, we attack. Why? Why would you do that? You know, it used to be we could sit down and over a meal or over a beer or whatever, we could sit and talk about things we disagree with and end up laughing and end up, you know, finding neutral ground and and sometimes just agreeing to disagree. That's totally fine. Why? Why have we gotten to the point now where if we disagree, We must destroy each other because we don't all agree on everything. And as my mima used to say, it takes all kinds to make a world. And it's so true. If everybody believed the same thing in this world, do you know how boring everything would be? Variety is the spice of life. Differences of opinions are what make the world interesting. We have to embrace that. We shouldn't shun people with different opinions. We should embrace them. And if anyone is struggling with something really hard, like addiction or mental illness or stuff, you have to decide you want to end it. No one can help you. People can offer you advice all day long, you know, counseling or AA or NA or anything like that. They can offer you that but you have to make the decision. You have to decide you want to change. And when you make that decision, that's where the power to will come from. When you finally decide that you've had enough that you want to change, I promise you the power to do it will be there. All right. Okay. That leads us to the end of another podcast if you like or disagree any, with anything i said don't hesitate to write me drew at the watchdogsbark.com and you know what's coming next until next time create an amazing day and please help me relay the bark